Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, and in this episode, we have Shahira Marai, who is the founder and CEO of The Dirty Cookie, which you can find at thedirtycookieoc.com. This is a very interesting company, very fun, very uh, tasty product they have, which is cookie shots. Yes, cookie shots, shot glasses that are made of cookies. And they have a variety of assortments you can purchase as well, where you do these custom kind of designs and decorations and it's such a fun company. In this episode, we go through how Shahira started this company, what she's done to grow it, the, the ups and downs associated with it, including navigating this COVID situation and how she pivoted along the way. So much more. As always, the show notes are just go grind.com slash podcast. And you can support the show by leaving a rating and review over an Apple podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hawk Media, a full-service outsourced CMO based in Santa Monica, California, providing guidance, planning, and execution to grow brands of all sizes, industries, and business models. Hawk Media is recognized by Inc. as one of the fastest-growing marketing consultancies, and their collaborative process, a la carte offering, and month-to-month fee structure give clients the flexibility they need to boost digital revenues and marketing ROI. Hawk Media, the company, has serviced over 1,500 brands of all sizes, ranging from startups like Tomorrow Melon, SIO Beauty, and Bottle Keeper, to household names like Red Bull, Verizon Wireless, and Alibaba. And also, I had the founder and CEO of Hawk Media, Eric Huberman, on the podcast in episode number 23, if you want to take a listen. And to get a free consultation, head on over to hawkmedia.com, and be sure to mention Just Go Grind. Without further ado, here is Shahira Marai, the founder and CEO of The Dirty Cookie. Shahira, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes, happy to have you on. And I know a little bit about your story from doing research, and there's there's a lot to impact. There's a lot to it. So for people who aren't familiar, uh, first off, tell them what The Dirty Cookie is, uh, and I'm really curious as to how it got started. Yeah, so the Dirty Cookie, we are known for our custom branded cookies in the shape of a shot glass. So we line them with chocolate from inside. So when it hardens, you can fill it with any beverage of your choice from milk, coffee. Um, some people do ice cream, even Bailey's. So the concept started with your milk out of your cookies instead of dipping your cookies in milk. Amazing. And in the very early days, how did you decide to start this, this company, decide to make this a, a reality? Yeah, so from a really young age, um, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. My father was a retired entrepreneur, and he he played a big role in my life. And he told me that, you know, in order to make an impact, you're either going to, you have to be an employer. Um, He's like, there's no gray area. You're either an employee or an employer. There's just like nothing in between. So that really (laughs) at an early age. And then when I was around like 10 or 11, he took me to Egypt where my family's originally from. And I witnessed like poverty and homelessness um, for the first time. And I lived in a bubble in Orange County. So I never saw any of that. I didn't even know that third world countries really existed. So I went into like major culture shock and I really wanted to help the people there. And he again referred to, you gotta be an employer to make a difference and in order to give these people jobs, you um, you need to start a business here one day. Um, so that was kind of like the seed he grew inside of me at that age where I was like, yes, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start a business. I'm gonna <laughs> go off the streets. I'm gonna give them jobs. 
um, I was really, that was always been like my mission since I was really young. Um, and then I was working for Boeing for six years in Orange County and um, yeah, I had my daughter at 26. And then I felt like going crazy a little bit. I was like, now I have this awesome corporate job. I have a kid and I still don't have my business from, you know, childhood always dreamed about. Um, So those five months of maternity leave were really, um, I, it was the turning point in my life where I decided, no, I'm after maternity leave, I'm starting something, no matter what it is, I'm just going all in. And I went back to Boeing within three weeks. I ended up meeting someone that introduced me to a landlord of my first, what became my um, brick and mortar location. So with a five month baby, I was building out a front in Tustin, Orange County um, for about six months. And then we were live with our storefront on July 31st, 2015. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm curious, what was that conversation like with your company? You're like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to bounce. I'm going to do my own thing. Oh my gosh. It was so hard. Um, my manager thought I was insane. He said, no, he said, nobody leaves Boeing. People stay here for 30 years. Plus, do you realize that? Oh, jeez. Yes, I get that. He's like, do you like, he even gave me an extra week to think about it. <laughs> he was like, take a week to think about it. I went, I told him, I was like, I want to quit right now. And he's like, no, just take another week. Trust me, you need to process this. And I'm like, okay. And I processed it over the weekend. I came back on Monday and he's like, are you sure this is what you want to do? I was like, yes. Um, it was really hard. Everybody thought I was crazy for leaving, you know, a really big company like Boeing, super secure, um, at that time, it was amazing to be there. Yeah. And from that though, so you knew that you wanted to be an entrepreneur. You knew you wanted to start this company. And what were some of the first things then that you did? Because understanding that, okay, there's a lot to get done. Then like, what do you think this business was going to be? You mentioned meeting someone that was going to be a your landlord for your, your storefront then. But what were some of the first things you were kind of figuring out as you were deciding to start this company? Yeah. So when I... um. When I made the decision, I'm starting a company and I signed a five-year lease without really knowing what was going into that store. That's really what happened. I was like, I'm just starting a five-year lease and whatever happens, happens. I knew it was going to be in the dessert industry because I love, love dessert. Like I would go into Cheesecake Factory, I'd order a slice of cheesecake before food because I needed to make sure I got my cheesecake first. That was like, (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And so I knew it was going to be in the dessert world, but I knew it had to be different and unique and fun to survive like Orange County and Los Angeles area. So I spent um, like a few days after the lease, just going through Pinterest and like trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I saw this lady molding like cookie dough on a bowl and, and she, she made like cookie bowls. And I'm like, oh my God, I love milk and cookies. Why don't I just turn it into a cup? And I called my Mm. friends at Boeing. He's an amazing aerospace engineer. I was like, can you help me design a mold? Because there's nothing out there that exists that I can do this. He's like, you crazy. I'm like, yes, just help me. So (laughs) we met at his house and we, uh, we designed a mold in the shape of a shot glass. And uh, we 3D printed it, uh, sent some samples off, um, got some samples made and came back to test it and it worked and i was like okay that's what we're doing that that's what's happening it was very unplanned there was no business plan there was like nothing i was very naive at that time in my life to be honest which was a blessing and a curse at the same time you know 
Well, I mean, yeah, it got you to take action though and exactly. to do something. And that's, that's something that's, you know, the hardest part for many people is to even begin something, whatever that may be. One thing I have to go back to quickly though, that I just can't gloss over. So you signed a five-year lease and you didn't have the actual company yet of like what you were going to build. Yeah. Take me through your thinking on that. I just want to hear like at the time, I know it's different time. It was like five years ago, but I just want to hear at the time you're like, oh, I'll figure it out. Like, what are you thinking at that time? Yeah. So I'm, so my friend, he introduced me to the landlord of the storefront. Right. And she's like, you want to start a business? And she's like, what are you going to do? I was like, something in the dessert space. I just don't know what yet. And she's like, okay, well, I need to fill this place anyway. So if you're comfortable signing a five-year lease, I'm like, yes. And my process at the time was like, I know I'm going to figure something out. I, I, I just, it will come to me. I'm a big believer since 2006. I'm a big believer in manifestation and the law of attraction. And I've attracted so much into my life. Everything I have today, I've really attracted to myself. So I kind of just did the same thing. And I'm like, you know, I'm ready. I just send me the idea that I'm supposed to do. And it just, I saw this on Pinterest and I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Perfect. To be honest, I know it sounds crazy. I mean, it, it clearly worked out to this point, which is which is great. Not saying that we recommend this to everyone else to do the same thing. However, uh, there's something to be said for going after something that you want and really understand like there's no other option. Like this is going to work. I'm going to do it. Uh, and taking that, it's like you know, burning the boats. Like you basically burn the boats in some ways. You're like, all right, well, I signed the lease, so I have to figure it out now. Um, one thing I'm wondering too, then at that time. How much of a runway did you have in terms of uh, going from Boeing, in a nice, good company, obviously, your secure job? Like, did you have like a year's worth of savings, like two years, or just like, I'm just curious on that side of things for people who to have context of quitting your job and I'm how do you finance this business then to get started with? Yeah, a great question. So, um, when I signed the lease and I came up with the idea really quickly, I told my best friend that. This is what I'm doing. And she got really excited and she's like, do you need money? I'll help you. And I said, yes, why not? <laughs> um, and that's why, like I tell you, I felt like I was on the right path or being guided because everything just fell into place very easily in a way. Um, so my friend gave me 50,000. I pulled my entire 401k from Boeing <laughs> and <laughs> that was about how much? Uh, I don't remember, about 100,000 at that time. And, um, and what else? And then I maxed out every credit card I had too. when I realized um, that the molds that I made were going to be triple the cost. And there was a lot of surprises along the way I didn't plan for. So it was a little crazy in the beginning, but um, it was definitely worth it. I'm the type, like you said, I had to just, I'm the type, throw me in the fire and I'll figure it out. You know, that's kind of how I function. Yeah. Not recommended for everybody for sure, but that's how I work. I work really well under pressure, under stress to figure things out. That's who I am. And and to that point though, I think there's a, an important kind of underlying thing behind that is the self-awareness to understand that. Because if you don't understand yourself and like what, how you operate best, I think it's hard to to know what's for you. I mean, for some people it may be, hey, they're okay with doing something on the side for three years, whatever, and then eventually growing into some of their main thing. And for someone else, it may be different, like in your case, for instance. And you mentioned there was a few different uh, things you don't understand, like uh, at the start, like things you didn't necessarily predict that would happen or surprises. What were some of those surprises as you were getting started that you were like, oh man, this is kind of crazy? Yeah. Well, I kind of mentioned the molds that we made. I thought <laughs> we got them made abroad and they came with terrible Teflon coating. So we had to 
Teflon coat them in the United States, which is triple the price of it was in. Oof. Yeah. Um, and it was thousands of molds. So um, that cost me right out the door, like 50 grand. And I was just like, oh my God, I did not plan for that. And, um, and I also want to clarify, I stayed with Boeing for about a year while running the dirty full time, yeah. um, the storefront and with my baby and I'm still working at Boeing. So Whew. I needed that income still every month to keep me going. Um, and it really did. So I, I tell a lot of people do not quit your job right away. Like stay at least a year, year and a half or longer if you can. Um, but another thing I didn't realize was the marketing cost. Um, the location I signed up for was a terrible, terrible location. And I, I realized that in six months into, um, the lease. So I was like, okay, nobody knows this location exists. So we had to spend a ton of money also on marketing and uh, social media marketing to bring people to the store. Um, and it was very hidden. So that was another surprise. On that note, with uh, I'm curious, with, you know, mentioning that side of things, not necessarily being in the best location, having to spend on marketing. I mean, what were you doing then to acquire customers, and what were some of those things that that worked well for you to grow? Because obviously, you're still around now and thriving in 2020. This is five years later. What were some of those things back then in the beginning that you were doing to get the word out, to spread the word about about the company? Yeah, so Instagram played a huge part. Um, Instagram at that time was just like in the, not in the, it was in the early stages too. So Instagram was amazing with influencers and bloggers. Um, I reached out to a ton of people. I became like an Instagram stalker, literally eight hours a day. I would <laughs> find the right people um, that fit our demographics, that had our following, that I was looking for. And I would reach out to them and ask them if they'd um, want gifts, like cookie shots, a gift box in exchange for a shout out and they did it so willingly because it was a unique fun product even um, it ended up in the hands of Kourtney Kardashian through that strategy oh wow yeah and she posted it on snapchat for nothing and it was um it was amazing it really put us on the map um but it was a lot of work like literally I would spend eight hours a day just reaching out myself in the beginning for the first year year and a half yeah so that helped us acquire people for sure um instagram and um bloggers influencers and bloggers really and we went viral through that strategy through business insider a, a food network the cooking channel they all picked us up when they saw the bloggers and influencers posting about us so that really gave us a push and from that i understand that you did a lot of the the outreach for hours and hours you know every day for for months it sounds like um from that i mean what was what worked best for you or what were some of the messaging tactics or, or anything around that that could help other people who, you know, obviously Instagram's different now, but any of your strategies that you, you learned from doing a ton of outreach on social media, what were some of the things maybe that were helpful for you or that worked best for you? Uh, great question. So I realized early on that it's not worth it to message the really big influencer celebrities directly. I would go into like, who they're following, figure out who's in their close circle that are not really well known yet. And like they're, they're homies, but nobody really knows them. Um, that's what happens when you stalk for hours a day, <laughs> you find out who they're really close yeah. to. And so that's what I started doing is like, I wasn't reaching out to the Kardashians directly. I was reaching out to their inner circle of friends that I know would share it with them. And I did that across the board for a ton of celebrities and it worked 
exactly the same. It would end up in the big people's hands every time um, just by targeting their really close um, friends or people they hung out with. Um, and I would find that out through just kind of going through who they're following um, or sometimes who's messaging them on their, like, who's engaging with them on their comments. Um, yeah, I did that a lot in the beginning. And, and one of the things you mentioned earlier, I'm just thinking from a growth perspective as well, you said that you were, you were at Boeing for the first, for the first year or so during that first year of doing everything. So running your business, you had your daughter, you have the business, you have the, your, your company you're at as well with Boeing. How did you kind of juggle all of that? What was the schedule like then during that, during that time? It was, um, it was probably the most insane time period of my life. I was very grateful. My mom helped me out a lot with my daughter. Um, but I would leave the house at like five in the morning. I would get to Boeing at six. I would leave by two, two thirty. Um, I would go on my lunch break to the kitchen because my kitchen was down the street from Boeing, our production facility. I would check on them for 30 to 45 minutes and then I would go back to work. And then after work, I would head over to the store because, uh, the store would open at noon and, I had um, a team member, I had my first employee, she would work the morning shift and I would get there around 3.30 and f- or 4 because we didn't get busy till like 7 anyway. And I would work with yeah. till the end of the night around 9 o'clock when we closed and I'd go back home. So it was, uh, I had no life for a good year and a half. I had absolutely no life. To that point, then I'm just curious. So, sorry to interrupt. But I, to, uh, yeah, no life, which is which is insane with the amount of work you're doing. How did you get to that point then of of going really full time into Dirty Cookie? Like, what at what point were you like, okay, full time into this? I'm just curious. Yeah, it was really really hard. Like in my gut, I knew I had to quit to really make it successful because the production facility really needed me. Um, the 30 minutes a day was not working. Um, they were making a ton of mistakes. Um, Lost of lots of waste was happening, lots of inefficiencies and not proper supervision. So um, it was costing me a lot. And I remember having a conversation with um, a really good friend of mine. Um, he runs a nonprofit that we work with now. Um, and he told me his, uh, his name is Bill Bracken. And he said, you know, if you really, he said, you're responsible. You put a product into this market and now you're responsible for it. You need to put yourself a hundred percent into this and really just you believe in yourself right I was like yeah he's like okay then I know it's scary but you got to do it so I remember that really clearly it was on my lunch break at Boeing I, I remember I was like super stressed out I was like breaking down to him about my stress levels and I was like okay I'm gonna do it it took me about a month and a half after I made the decision I was gonna quit to actually give in my notice you know it was very yeah had to do a lot of mental work on myself to do that my stomach was a knot I had no idea because we were still not making money at that time and I was very scared I was like how am I going to pay myself or pay you know luckily my husband was working and he was um, helping us but we got very comfortable with two incomes you know and then taking that away from us for a while was very very um, different yeah, it had to be difficult to, to do. I mean, going from two to one and that yeah, a lot going on with that. But in that time then, so you're growing this business through Instagram primarily. Uh, at the time, you know, after you quit your job, were you just a, a, a physical retailer? Do you have online distribution the entire time? Uh, I'm curious about the distribution that you had, uh, especially as you've grown as well. Yeah, as we started to grow, people started asking us if we shift or not. So I slowly started like 
you know, started introducing online, but it wasn't hardcore at all. It was very uh, basic online, small online store. Um, like the girls at the store were packaging like little orders there for the online orders they would get. So it was, it was nothing at that time. And I remember in, um, what, in 2018, December 2018, I um, made a really hard decision to close down that store. And I wanted to go hardcore online. Something was just telling me like, you know, this is too much work for this storefront, for this location. The future is declining for retail space, um, especially in this location. Just, you know, pull out now and go online. So that also took me like three months (laughs) to do, like mentally. (laughs) I was like, it was really hard because it was our brand image and, you know, our following would come to our store. Um... And I thought at the time, I was like, well, people are going to think we're not doing well. They're going to think we're weak or something like because I closed down our storefront. There's a lot of like internal struggles I had to go through to make that decision. And uh, but then one day I woke up, I was like, I called my CEO. I was like, we're closing down the store. And she's like, yes, finally. (laughs) So there's a lot of excitement around that. We closed it right after Christmas and um, we went online. And I lost a ton of money because I had no idea what I was doing online. I went through like three or four different ad agencies. Um, didn't realize how expensive it was to play on the online e-commerce space. And yeah. I was like, okay, let's pause this for a second. Let's focus on what something we're really good at, which was catering. Like we did weddings, mitzvahs, birthday parties in Los Angeles, like every weekend, um, lots of celebrity events we did for corporate parties like Facebook, Netflix. We were doing amazing in catering. So I was like, you know what, let's just focus on catering. Um, I got burned pretty bad on e-commerce. And then I decided to also start scaling into wholesale distribution with hotels in the food service space. So um, we started reaching out to food and beverage directors at the Four Seasons, Hilton, Marriott, and they got super excited. We we got into almost all these big hotels. Um, they were doing really well. We had just gotten into Cosmopolitan Las Vegas, March 2020, till COVID hit. COVID, yeah. And then my whole life changed again. I mean, on that note, while well, you brought it up, so on the COVID note, tell me, take me through the COVID situation in terms of Dirty Cookie and how that's uh, made you change, adjust, how it's affected the business. I'm curious about that, Shahira. Yeah, well, um, COVID we lost our wholesale business to these hotels that were really starting to boom with our product. Um, And we lost our entire catering business, obviously all our weddings and mitzvahs. So I was actually at a trade show in Vegas the week, uh, March 9th, I think they announced um, social distancing down to like 10 people max. And um, I remember coming back, driving back from Vegas. I was like, Oh my God, like I can see this is going to be a really interesting year. And I started getting scared and I was like, I have to let go of my staff. I was like, we started getting phone calls, people canceling their events and parties for like the whole end of 2020. So wow. yeah, it was really hard. And I, I walked, I, I went home the next day I woke up, I went into our production facility with my CEO and uh, I couldn't even do it myself. I was like in tears. I was like, uh, Nadia, my CEO, can you please just let everybody go for me? Because I, I can't. I, I, I was sitting right there crying. I let our entire staff go. Um, or she did. And I was just sitting there crying next to her. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And I um, 
I told him if anything changes, I'll let you, I'll let you guys know. And I went home and me and her took like a week and a half off, not even talking about work and just like processing what was happening, uh, watching the news and nobody getting out of their house. It was, you know, it was interesting around that time. And then, um, I woke up one day and I was just like, I called Nadia. I was like, Nadia, we're launching a decorating kit. And she's like, what? I was like, we're going to launch an Easter decorating kit because Easter was coming up. And it's going to be our cookie shots. It's going to be Easter cook- decorative characters, some sprinkles. And since all the kids are at home right now, that's what they're going to do with their parents. And she's like, yeah, but we don't have a box for it. We don't have uh, branding. We don't have anything. I was like, it's fine. We'll take a picture ourselves. And if we get orders, you and I are just going to bake cookies in the kitchen. All right. So we literally put up an iPhone picture of this Easter decorating kit on our website. <laughs> my Facebook ad girl is like, Maria, I'm just going to launch this product. Can you help me? And she did. And we sold out in 48 hours. We had over like $20,000 worth of Easter decorating kits. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, wow. Like it was, it was a sign. And me and Nadia made all the cookies ourselves. We were working like day and night in the kitchen because we had no staff now. And I, I was, it was still too risky to bring back the staff. I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. So, um, we worked for like about a month, just me and her baking and packaging everything ourselves. And sometimes my husband would come in and help us and my daughter who's six now. So it was very intense. How did you think about that? I mean, how do you think of that as a product idea? Like you mentioned this kit, so you just have this idea. How did you think of that? Where did that come from? I mean, you know, you know, Easter is coming up, but you just like, oh, let's do some type of collection thing. Like, how did you think of that? Well, to be honest, um, I just... My, my daughter was at home, homeschool, right? Everybody went on Zoom. I was going crazy. Right. And I was like, everybody must be going crazy like me. And it, the kit idea actually came to me while I was meditating. I'm a big meditator. I've been meditating for almost two years. Now. I was meditating. And then I just saw her like dipping the cookies and sprinkles and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, we're going to launch this kit. And I didn't know if it was going to work. I really had no idea if people were going to like it or not, but it did and it's changed our whole business model now with those kits like what do they consist of like what is in one of these kits i've seen i've seen them online i'm looking online now but i'm curious it's like what that consists of for people who are curious yeah so the decorating kit is our it comes with six cookie shots um chocolate for them to melt down a bag of sprinkles um so they can dip the cookie shot rims into the chocolate and then sprinkle the rims with the decorative sprinkles. And then we have little icing characters, like for every occasion, like for Easter, we had the Easter bunny, we had little carrots, um, eggs and stuff like that. So that the kids would also put chocolate on the back of every Easter character and glue them onto the cookie shots. So they decorate the cookie shots to the theme. And now I'm working on like a Halloween one and Christmas and a Hanukkah one coming up for the end of this year. So we're still selling our cookie shots online and this extra product, the kit, just came because of COVID. Yeah, COVID has uh, made many, many entrepreneurs adjust. And having talking to, you know, going daily in the show now uh, for the last month plus, there's so many, there's so many stories about going through COVID and how it's affected businesses. And obviously, everyone is affected a bit differently. But what I've seen again and again, yours is another like phenomenal example, is just of people's ability to adjust, adapt, and find a way to make it work. And I think for people listening, understanding as an entrepreneur, like you may not have a global pandemic, which is kind of insane to go through, but there are 
you're going to have struggles along the way and you're going to find a way to make it work. And which is something you seem to have been, been able to do with this kind of new collection. And there's so many different seasons and events. I imagine you could, you could do with it as well. And, and what I'm curious about is then, so you had a sold out order of like within 48 hours. How did it go after that? I mean, since, since then, in terms of COVID, in terms of uh, the dirty cookie. Yeah. uh, Well, online, has been booming for us, um, especially during like occasion where we've become a gifting company online. Like even during COVID, like the beginning days, we came up with a quarantine set, right? So it said happy quarantine, um, stuff like that on them. So people were ordering them and gifting them to all their friends, like, um, to cheer them up uh, with little cute messages on them. So like, it's like what you said, you really have to pivot and see how you can operate in the environment you're now in. And then I'm very grateful. Like I'm flexible. I, I'm the type that will figure something out no matter what it gets thrown on. And it goes back to what people always told me, like never give up, never give up. And so that's been, that's kind of like the mantra in my head. As long as like I've been running this business, no matter what I was thrown at. Um, it's just like, I always believe, uh, we can never give up. Something will come out of it. So um, online has been booming for us, especially during occasions. And we're expecting a really busy holiday season. Uh, we were really lucky to get picked up by uh, the Today Show again on uh, July 1st this year, which also really helped us. And again, sold out of our kits within six hours, actually. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. I had to turn it off. I was like, no, we don't have kits because like I have to order all of these ingredients and pack them and stuff. So I had to um, turn that off and we're going to be um, on Good Morning America on Thanksgiving. So we're really excited um, for a really awesome year that I did not expect that all. Yeah, unexpected, but clearly something where this is great for the future. And, and seeing these kids, and I'm just thinking of uh, get together with people have, and it just seems something like something to do. Everyone's just kind of looking for something to do, especially during quarantine, where it's like, yeah, to decorate this, to have a, a treat. It just seems like I'm, I'm like close to just clicking right now and ordering, but I'm just like, it makes a lot of sense. It's something to do, something fun. And then also I have a big sweet tooth. And so there's always that side of things as well. And for, for you guys as well, then. You you bootstrap basically all you get some funding from a friend you put like kind of all the money you had basically into this at, at the time like a big chunk of it at least have you raised more funding along the way has it all just been off of uh, off of sales you've grown how has that gone on the funding side yeah um, no it's been completely bootstrapped till today um, I am planning on raising money though next year because as we've seen the scalability this year um we need to invest in like automation machines because it's a pretty labor intensive product um the automation machines are like four hundred thousand dollars and crazy um, amount of investment that we've got to figure out next year um but till today it's just been completely bootstrapped um yeah i mean sometimes we have cash flow issues because of inventory and stuff and it comes back to just borrowing money from my friends or credit cards or um, we were lucky to get the idle loans during COVID, which really helped us a lot. Yeah. So it helped with our inventory and just trying to scale online too. Yeah. And one of the things too, I know you mentioned this collections and kits as well that you, you've created, which has been great. And I'm curious as to how you kind of look at 
new product development overall or expanding your product line more generally? I mean, is that something you think about consistently or are you just trying to get more customers for what you currently have? Um, I imagine there's maybe a mix, but I'm curious as to how you look at kind of new product selection, new products that you could potentially offer since you have this brand already. Yeah. So we had an amazing product that everybody who tried it loved it was our cookie butter. Um, we were actually on QVC last year with our cookie butter. Um, but I discontinued it during this year just because of like all because of COVID and everything happening. I had to streamline our process in the production facility. So um, I do plan on bringing our cookie butter back, but probably like mid 2021. And um, we have in our storefront, a lot of people used to love our homemade milk. Uh, we used to make like a flavored vanilla and chocolate milk. It was really, it was really different. So I'm playing with the idea of turning it into like a mix and adding it to the kit or just as an additional item people can order on our website. Um, so then they can make our, you know, our unique recipe at home or vanilla milk and chocolate milk and stuff like that. Maybe even a coffee option. Ooh. And because of the, the success of the kits, I was, I even have an idea, but it's not out yet. It's just an idea at this time of creating next year a make at home from scratch cookie shot kit mm. so i want to um figure out a way to make them more user-friendly and possibly sell the molds with the our cookie mix and everything and then people can bake it at home from scratch it's just uh an idea i'm playing with right now so we'll see yeah which is super interesting to see if, with, I mean, the one concern I immediately think of is would that cannibalize the business? Like, oh, you ordered less from you. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but something to consider, obviously. Uh, but that's for next year. What I'm curious about next is just today. So we're in 2020. Obviously, you have COVID. Uh, lots going on here. How is your your kind of day to day time spent, Shahira? Day to day, I'm online a lot. Just digital marketing, newsletter strategy, SMS strategy looking at our ads just online, basically virtual. <laughs> and, and with that, then you had talked about um, trying the difficulties essentially of trying to get an agency or finding the right people uh, on the growth side of things. How have you decided or how do you like evaluate agencies that you've worked with in the past? Uh, how'd you get to the one or the people that you're working with now in terms of the growth side, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, whatever it may be on that side. I'm curious as to how you looked at that because other entrepreneurs are definitely, you know, considering that whether it be, doing it in-house or hiring an agency, how have you kind of approached that? I really prefer like small companies or like individual freelancers because I feel like they're more committed into figuring it out. I don't know. That was my experience. So the last person I found just like a one-man show and she's really focused and detailed oriented um, on our ads. So um, I prefer having like a one-person show than a giant agency of 60 people because I spent a lot of money really fast and didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. And that's, that is a tough decision to make and trying to decide like who you want to work with. And on the growth side, there's so much to do with terms of ads and everything. And uh, especially in your, in your space and looking at just the type of products you have, it, I mean, it's so visual, there's a lot you can do with it, but that branding, it can get expensive really, really fast. I imagine um, what I'm curious about next is just, has there been uh, anything in particular that's that's been helpful from whether it be uh, books you've listened to, pocket, books you've read or listened to, even with Audible, uh, a podcast you've listened to, as you've been an entrepreneur these last five years, any resources for other people that have been helpful for you? Definitely. I love How I Built This. I think that's my favorite. I think it's 
entrepreneur podcast. It gives me hope. So good. I love hearing when big brands, they're like, yeah, we're struggling. We were struggling with cash flow. And I'm like, oh, that's me. <laughs> I'm doing something. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm okay. I'll be fine. If uh, five guys had the same issue, Lululemon, I'm good. You know, it gives me hope every time I listen to their stories. Um, so how I built this for sure. Um, I love reading. I read a lot. Um, or I try to read a lot. Um, lots of entrepreneur books. Um, lots of um, like I'm reading Good to Great right now. I'm reading. Um, I think The Miracle Morning was a really big, good book for me to just for my mental health and to just get up early and exercise and take care of myself. That was really, um, really life changing for me, too. So I got in a really good routine reading that book. Um, and then also practicing meditation and journaling has helped me a lot. So I have a list of about a hundred books I'm on my reading list that I have to read this year. <laughs> There's so many. And, and with that too, then on that, on that same note, you mentioned the meditation and journaling. Uh, what other things are there that you do to help you recharge away from work? Um, I love to hike and jog every morning. I, I jog every morning. Um, hike on the weekend. Sometimes I'll take my daughter with me um, on small hikes and stuff like that really helps me a lot. And I need my space. I'm a very like, I like to have my space and I like to just think things through. So I like my quiet time a lot. Just sitting with a cup of coffee and doing nothing has been like super crucial for me. I don't know why it just helps me a lot to do nothing. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I totally agree with that. It's very helpful to have that. And on the, on the meditation side of things, what does that look like for you, your meditation practice? Oh, um, I do a few different types of meditation. Um, I do TM, transcendental meditation. I do um, another one that's really not very well known. It's called the Silva method. It's really, it's, it's actually problem solving meditation. So you take a problem that you have and then you go deep in your subconscious mind and try to solve it. So that's been really, um, it's been really fun for me to learn and practice and read about that method. And what else? I do a lot of breath work. Yeah, so I do, I experiment a lot. I'm really big in personal development and working on yourself and your mindset. So um, I do a lot of reading and researching around the mind and the subconscious mind and stuff like that all the time. And with the journaling as well, what does that journaling look like for you? What do you do for that? My journal is... Um, I journal every morning for about like 10 minutes, sometimes at night. And it's more like to dump all the ideas, all my emotions, all my feelings, anything bothering me. It's just kind of where I can dump it all without, you know, annoying my friends or my husband. It's <laughs> like anything that's bothering I me, I just like puke it out into my journal and, um, and just look back at it later. You know, I love to reread my journals. I have like two years worth of journals now and I, I love to see the progress, how I've evolved as a person, how my mindset has changed. So kind of like helps me with my memory too. And at the end of every year, I like to do um, kind of like uh, an overview of the year. And the way I do that is by rereading my journals. I, I kind of summarize everything that happened every year since like 2018. I've been doing that into my journal. Wow. Yeah. I love it. I do something 
pretty similar actually, uh, which is, that's why I ask because I'm always curious as to how other people are kind of handling it because I, I use one line a day journal, which it's probably about a paragraph that you can write in. And I, so I use that every day and then I've been there for probably a year and a half now. And also to the point of like kind of brain dumping, I just like brain dump uh, probably every week or two into a different journal, just to like get everything out. Cause you just you kind of feel like you just need to like get everything out on paper. It just feels better for some Yeah. Reason. Yeah. No, it helps me a lot. And great gratitude. Like I'm always, I'm very grateful for the good and bad. So I'm always writing. I'm grateful for everything in my journal. Looking back on these, the last five years of, of running this company. So you're running the dirty cookie and you knew back then, like, I have to start this thing. I, I want to start this. You, you get the lease. You're not even sure necessarily what you're going to sell yet. It's been a lot. It seems like a big journey for you. I'm curious what have been maybe one or two takeaways or biggest lessons or, or anything you want to share with other entrepreneurs from your journey the last five years or so? For me, the biggest lesson I think was um, I wish I would have talked to more people early on. I lived in a bubble. You know, I had my, my master, my MBA, and I went to business school and I thought like, oh, I, I know what I'm doing and I had no idea what I was doing, right? So I talked to more entrepreneurs. I didn't know anyone. All I knew were employees, right? Like I only knew my friends were employees and my coworkers. So I didn't know anyone that was really an entrepreneur. And I wish I would have gone out of my way to talk to more entrepreneurs or people in the dessert space, the restaurant industry, anything that have gotten some information um, about their experience or lesson learned. I definitely have implemented it. Once I figured that out, I started talking to a lot of entrepreneurs. I came out of my bubble and just talked to everybody that I could talk to and get, um, it saved me a lot of time and money and just getting the referrals for like right people for right projects. Um, and another thing that I learned was, um, I needed to kind of communicate better with my family about like why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like my entire family thought I was crazy. Um, my husband didn't understand like what is going on. Like they didn't understand my why. I was like, I wanted, I, I should have shared my why uh, better. I was like, no, I just wanted to, you know, I knew deep down why I wanted to be in business and why I wanted to start a business, but I don't think I shared it enough with my family. And I think what happened is they, they just, they just didn't get it. Like I took away our life, our comfortable lifestyle for years and they were a little angry at me and, my mom was watching my daughter all the time and I, you know, I should have been more open to communication with them and explaining like the bigger vision, kind of like the same, what you have to do with your employees and your company, right? Enroll them into your vision. I should, I did that with my employees, but I didn't do it with my family. So I, um, I learned that later and then I shared it with them and then things got a lot easier. Um, focus was a really big one. Um, when I first started, I was doing everything. And I couldn't say no to people. Um, someone would ask me to make milkshakes. I'd make milkshakes for them. They'd ask me for a cookie sandwich, ice cream sandwich. I would do it. Like, I couldn't say no. And um, that really spread us out super thin. And um, I just had to learn to focus and say no. And this is all we're doing. Like, cutting out the cookie butter was a really hard decision for me. Uh, this year because it's a really good product and people who try it fall in love with it and we still get emails and messages about where's your cookie butter when you bring it back but I knew to succeed this year I had to streamline our production 
and I was going to have to let go of that product. So um, just coming down to focusing and make it successful and then, you know, take on more stuff. So, yeah. To that point of, you mentioned kind of uh, on, the, on the side of things when it comes to uh, reach out to more entrepreneurs, connect with more entrepreneurs, how how have you done that uh, recently or as you've gone through growing the business? I mean, how have you gone through that connecting with other entrepreneurs and what kind of support system on that side of things do you have today with as you're running Dirty Cookie? Yeah, one of my best discoveries was finding entrepreneurs organization. Are you familiar with EO? Yeah, EO, yep. Okay, so when I found them, I was just like, oh, this is my tribe. These are my people. <laughs> you know, I so I joined and we were just life-changing for me just to I'm my mentors in there my accountability group you know it's just like having people to just vent to and they help you and everybody wants to help you so finding that was really you know crucial to my success today Uh, my entrepreneur organization as well as like I was part of the Tory Burch fellow um, in 2019 so the Tory Burch girls are amazing and we reach out to each other for help all the time I have a call with another one on Monday. So we talk and help each other and share experiences all the time now. And um, the newest program that I just started a week ago, I'm part of the Goldman Sachs program, the 10,000 small businesses. So that's another local um, community of entrepreneurs in every industry. So it's just phenomenal as well to have access to all these different types of entrepreneurs that I can just go out and reach out to and talk to. and help them and they help me. So just finding the right people, um, which for me were entrepreneurs was really, really crucial. And you've done, you've done so much with the dirty cookie since you started. And I, I love your story and how, how you really got started and, you know, doing this on the side, but then really it was basically full-time into everything. I mean, there's just craziness from the first year and then having to go through COVID, which for many companies has been so rough and having to pivot. And, I just, I just really appreciate you taking the time to share that story because I think for other entrepreneurs, understanding how difficult it can be, but at the same time, there's there's many benefits that come along with it, and you've obviously been able to build build this business up and had many you know successes as well, and been featured in media all over the place, and it seems like it's there's a lot more upside to come. Uh, I just want to say thank you for that. And where can people go to learn more about uh, Dirty Cookie and connect with you as well? Yeah, so uh, dirtycookie.com um, is our website at the dirty cookie OC is our Instagram and you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Just my first and last name, Shahira Marai. I'm really responsive. I love to help and talk to people. So if I can help someone, I will, because that's kind of my mission in life. So I love it when people reach out. And then also our email is just the word welcome at the dirty Perfect. Shahira, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on the show today. So fun. I love talking and sharing. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. The Weekly Grind, which is my weekly newsletter, comes out every single Friday. You can find it at justgogrind.com newsletter. This is filled with tips, tools, and strategies for growing your business. If you want to know how to launch a business, how to grow it, how to get it off the ground, find employees, all these different things. There's a few tips, tools, and strategies every single week I deliver right to you justgrind.com slash newsletter. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you in the next episode.